Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I really appreciate it. We went over 900,000 listeners for last Wednesday's uh, broadcast, and we went over 90,000, first time ever topping 90,000 for last week's Sunday broadcast. So we're very excited about that. Um, it, you know, I say it every week. I mean it every week. The food is ridiculous here. It's like eating at a restaurant. Uh, it's all home cooked, except for the chicken, which the chicken is amazing. Um, and uh, just good stuff, man. It's stuff from people's gardens. I think the ice cream is all natural. The brownies are homemade. The pineapples from God. I don't think we can really argue. Pumpkin I've never. Has anybody ever had pumpkin soup? Has anybody ever had that? I've never had it. I didn't even hear of it. I've never had pumpkin soup. I'm telling you, that was amazing. I don't have any idea if it's good for me, bad for me, what. I don't know. But I'll take it. You know, Miss Charlotte, she makes it. So, folks, if you come here at 5 o'clock, Newark, Delaware, if you're from Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, you will have good eats. You get here at 5. We'll feed you really well, and then at 5.30, of course, we get started. So tonight, tonight is going to be a rock and rolling thing. It's going to come at you really, really quickly. Righteous indignation and rioting for Christians? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Isaiah 33:22. For Adonai is our judge. Adonai is our lawgiver. Adonai is our king. He will save us. Let me say that again to you. Isaiah 33:22 in the complete Jewish Bible. This is the Old Testament. Uh, you don't get the new without the old. For Adonai is our judge. Adonai is our lawgiver. Adonai is our king. He will save us. We started with my buddy Wes playing, uh, hitting the uh, shofar tonight, uh, casting a blessing. You know, when they talk about blowing the trumpets, that's what they're talking about. And so uh, I believe Wes, uh, Wes has been working on it. And we, we love that. We love to hear the shofar. And it was a call to war. Amen. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. By the way, uh, chat is open, so feel free to join. Let me read that again for you. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, 
that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I could pick this apart. I could make a sermon out of this because this comes from Scripture. But it's from what? Does anybody know what it's from? Anybody good guess? It's from our beginning, but uh, the beginning of the country. It's one of, that's right, founding documents. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You'll notice life in there was quite interesting. Life. Life. We're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. In other words, nobody can take them away. They're from God. No one can alienate them from us. No one can pry them away from us. That among these are life. Wow. Life. Life. Life in the womb. Precious life. Liberty. Life came first. Then liberty and the pursuit of happiness. According to public record, President Barack Hussein Obama, lame duck president that he is, on February 2nd, 2009 and September 17th, 2009, and again on September 15th and 22nd, 2010, consciously and with dark intent omitted by their creator from all of the speeches that he gave that day in which he quoted this founding document and founding paragraph. Do we all agree that there is indeed a reason Barack Hussein Obama purposefully cast aside the creator in the formation of this great nation? Do we all, all of you great Americans listening within the borders of the United States here live with me, and then for all of our friends listening around the world, do we all agree that the riots and terrorism being committed right now in cities all across America, do we all agree that the riots and terrorism being committed right now in America is fueled by anti-Americanism, not anti-Trump sentiments. Do we all agree that in the light of the leftist rioting and criminal acts and terrorism of the left, the silence of the lame duck President Barack Hussein Obama is egregiously an indicative plicity in these violent riots. Do we all agree that in the light of the leftist rioting and criminal acts and terrorism of the left, the silence of the lame duck mainstream media is egregious and indicative of their complicity in these violent riots? Can we also agree, all of us all around the world and here live tonight, can we all agree that they are behind it because they are godless? Here's a letter written to Democrats and liberals, and I really like it, so I think I'm going to, I think I'll read it to you. Why not? Dear Democrats and liberals, I'm noticing that a lot of you aren't graciously accepting the fact that your candidate lost. In fact, you seem to be posting even more hateful things now on social media than those of us who voted for Trump. Some of you are apparently triggered because you are posting how sick you feel about the results. How did this happen, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. You created us when you attacked our freedom of speech. You created us when you attacked our right to bear arms. 
You created us when you attacked our Christian and Judeo beliefs. You created us when you constantly referred to us as racists. You created us when you constantly called us xenophobic. You created us when you told us to get on board or get out of the way. You created us when you forced us to buy health insurance and then financially penalized us for not participating. You created us when you allowed our jobs to continue to leave our country. You created us when you attacked our flag, when you burned our flag, when you urinated on our flag, when you defecated on our flag. You created us when you confused women's rights with feminism. You created us when you began to emasculate men. You created us when you decided to make our children soft. You created us when you decided to vote for progressive ideals. You created us when you attacked our way of life. You created us when you decided to let our government get out of control. You created us, the silent majority, and we became fed up and we pushed back and we spoke up. And we did it with ballots, not with bullets. Amen. That's awesome. That's one of my favorite things that I've read this week. Of course, I stayed up and, and uh, you know, somebody said I had a couple of tweets from people. You can follow me on Twitter at TheNinjaPastor.com, TheNinjaPastor.com, www.DrSeanGreener.com, or TheNinjaPastor.com. And they said, well, you called it before the people called it. I called it exactly seven minutes. Now, I'm a nobody. doesn't mean anything. I don't get to call anything. The national press doesn't follow me, although now I'm, I'm excited to tell you media matters, I'm told, is following me. Well, you know you've made it when media matters hate you. Amen. I'm going to see if I can't get them to hit that donate button on drshawngreener.com. Give them something to write about. Hey, this came via my, my dear friend, Andrea Shea King. What an amazing lady she is. In his Veterans Day Post, columnist Mark Stein, another great, great human being, wrote, This week, American universities, now among the most expensive yet worthless institutions on the planet, have held mass cry-ins to protest Tuesday's election. At the University of Michigan, it pains me as a Buckeye to say that, but it doesn't surprise me. At the University of Michigan, or the team up north, the school up north, or your gas station attendant in Columbus. <laughs> That's where all the alum work, pumping your gas. There's a million of them. I could go on. As a Buckeye, I could just go on. So at the University of Michigan, suffers, uh, they suffer uh, sufferers from PTSD, which, of course, you may not know, is post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> The radio audience can't see me grinning from ear to ear, but I am because it's fun to read. We're consoled with Play-Doh. I swear this is true. We're consoled with Play-Doh and coloring books. Now here's where it gets serious. Can you imagine any of the teenagers who stormed the beaches of Normandy? Can you imagine any of the teenagers who stormed the beaches at Normandy? Many of them dying before they ever hit the shore. They drowned. Many of them being shot as they crossed a wide expanse of sand. They knew they would, and yet they went. Many of them being shot and killed as they climbed the cliffs. Can you imagine any of those teenagers who stormed the beaches of Normandy 
boys who were men and often five, six, seven years younger than today's elderly students. Can you imagine them agreeing to participate in anything so ostentatiously self-indulgent as a cry-in followed by free Play-Doh? Well, no, I can't. I can't imagine it, but as our new Nobel laureate, Bob Dylan, put it, the times, they are a-changing. Tom McLaughlin wrote that, and it was shared with me, my dear friend, Andrea Shea King. Postmodern, emergent, Western evangelical Christians, I am engaging directly with you right now. You came out vigorously against President-elect Donald J. Trump. You bellowed that as postmodern, evangelical, Western, whatever you are, whatever name you're, you're choosing today, that it was, as you said, your duty to stand against racism, bigotry, and misogyny, that you are pro-illegal immigrant, pro-Black pro Lives Matter, pro-Islam, pro-woman, and as such, you chose to align yourselves with the left's choice for president. Criminally an anti-Christian and anti-Jew and traitor against this country, Hillary Rodham Clinton, instead of Donald J. Trump. Where do you stand now? Where do you stand now that our 45th president is patently and proudly pro-Christian, even more so than you? Even more publicly so than you? Even more publicly pro-Christian than the Lutherans that traveled regularly to West Bank in flotillas to arm terrorists? Where do you stand now? We have a pro-Jew, pro-Christian, pro-American, pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, soundly pro-life, when yet you were so quiet. The postmodern Western Evangelical Church, those Christians were so quiet about abortion. They said, well, we don't want to take too harsh a position because we don't want to alienate. pro-America president-elect Donald Trump. Where do you stand now? Where do you stand now that the same violent anti-American left that by your non-support of president-elect Donald Trump, you supported uh, th these people were your people. They're your group. They're your tribe. They're your crew. They're your platoon. They're your squad, whatever you want to call them. You supported them. Now they're rioting and committing acts of incredible violence and terrorism not being shown on the lamestream media, isn't that? They're saying it's Trump violence whenever they do cover it. They say, just like at the rallies, well, it's Trump violence. Well, Trump didn't have anything to do with the violence, and the Trump people at the rallies, they didn't have anything to do with the violence. The people had no business being there. In fact, recently, did you hear about the, the military guy at Barack Obama's speech? At alleged, you know, his grandpa, and he said, now, 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 he calmed the crowd. Barack Obama calmed the crowd. That guy is a Democrat plant, folks. And oh, by the way, was never in the military. Isn't that something? We hear of church burnings and racial epithets being painted on things. We hear of Democrat headquarters, uh, you know, being defaced with racial things. And then we find out, just like the Muslims, making the claim, they're picking on us. Then we find out the people that did it are Muslims. The people that did it are leftists, socialists, and communists. Isn't that something? And all these acts of violence and terrorism ostensibly because you and the left, 
you're against Donald Trump as the 45th duly and freely elected president of the United States. I ask you, where do you stand now? I mean, stand. I mean, stand once you stop your temper tantrum on the floor crying and whining and complaining about how unfair life is. We've got two very, very little ones in the back. And I guarantee you they've never, some of, they've never had some of these temper tantrums that grown folks are having over Donald J. Trump winning this election. You're, you're sitting there stomping your feet. You can't take tests at college and, and high school because, oh, well, I'm so upset. So we postpone testing for the week. We say, hey, it's just they're too upset. They're having cry-ins where they get together specifically, and I kid you not, to cry over the election. You're crying and you're whining and you're complaining about how unfair life is. But what in the world would you know about fair? How about you, liberal academia? Where do you stand now? Where do you stand now that you took the day or week off after the election to mourn Hillary Clinton's loss to Donald J. Donald J. Trump? The loss to the person you scoffed at, you called him a joke. I remember when Ann Coulter, who I personally know and I can tell you is one of the smartest, most capable, uh, bright human beings on the planet, so articulate. She was on the panel at, uh, what's his name, uh, the pothead, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Politically, uh, he, he does a show, um, Bill Maher. So she's on a panel with Bill Maher, and guess what? They ask everybody at the table, who do you think among the Republicans in this 17-person field, who do you think is going to emerge as the winner at the end? Who do you think is going to be elected president? She said, I'll tell you who, Donald Trump. And they laughed her practically off the stage. If she was able to be intimidated, she would have left the stage, but you can't intimidate her. And she said, mark my words. Mark my words. Donald J. Trump, at the end, will be the president of the United States of America. Has anyone called her to apologize? Now, these are smart people that were sitting at the table, and they laughed at her and ridiculed her. Remember when she was on this great, great show that dispenses an amazing knowledge and cultural wisdom, uh, The View? And all of those folks on The View looked at Ann Coulter, and they made fun of her. They laughed at her. They said, "You're just, you're, it's just sickening how, how stupid you are. You're so well-educated, yet you're so stupid. And then Kellyanne Conway, you remember when she was ridiculed? Now, I knew when Kellyanne joined, I've had the pleasure of meeting her, her mother of four, uh, runs a successful business, but is a very engaged mother. And that, that lady, as soon as, y'all remember, as soon as he hired her, I said, it's over. Kellyanne's going to get it done. She is the best. And yet we don't hear the left, the feminist left, congratulating a woman on being the first woman ever to be a campaign manager of a major election, of a major party, and the first woman to ever lead a campaign to which the candidate became president. They're awfully quiet. You see, you lost to a person you scoffed at because you called him a joke. You said he was he was orange and he had fake hair and all of these other things and called him all these other names. You were so sure that your ultra-liberal, super-smart candidate with her team of corrupt, cheating fools would deliver a big, decisive win for murdering babies, Islamic invasion, invasion jihad by invitation, socialism and communism and government corruption. Your candidate stands for all of those things. You were so sure that all of your cheating, 
You were so sure. I remember a friend of mine who was a new teacher this year stated uh, during one of the lessons where she was being taught how to teach and all the things you're supposed to do, you know, in this post-modern world and education, and uh, the teacher said, I just, I just don't want to believe any of you here are going to vote for Trump. I just don't want to think that. I, you all are nice people and really smart, and I really hope that none of you are going to vote for Trump. Wow. I hope that person's okay. I hope they weren't happen to be in the early hours of the morning driving their car, and then all of a sudden it comes out Trump wins, and they were near a bridge. My goodness, they drive off a bridge or into a tree or a pole. That wouldn't be nice to the tree or the pole, and they'd pollute the water if they drove off a bridge. So I'm glad they didn't do that. Remember the the uh, the anti-Christian. Remember these verses they love to quote when their person is in control. Don't you love to hear anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-Jew people quote verses? I always love it. Sure you do. Because postmodern Western evangelical Christians love to misquote and proof text whenever possible to support their evil agenda. Romans 13, 1 through 8. This is from the complete Jewish Bible. By the way, thanks for hanging with me. You guys are awesome. Everyone is to obey the governing authorities. Well, there, I could stop right there, right? Stop right there. Well, your own Bible tells you, I mean, our own Bible tells us that we're supposed to just support the government. We're supposed to follow them. So why aren't you people doing that? For there is no authority that is not from God. See, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, they're from God. There's no authority. And the existing authorities have been placed where they are by God. See, I just told you that, that they've been put there by God. We can't, we can't fight that. Therefore, whoever resists, wait a second, there's a verse on that. Whoever resists the authorities is resisting what God has instituted, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Well, there you have it. Well, there you have it. My goodness. Well, we've got scripture right here that tells us that Barack Obama is from God, and Hillary Clinton would have been from God if only we didn't cheat. You see what's coming out now? Guess what's coming out now, folks? Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign staff is widely quoted as saying, hey, if it hadn't been for the Trump cheating, we would have won. And oh, by the way, we also had to fight the press. Yeah, we had to fight that biased press that was so in the bag for Trump. Yeah, they're saying it out loud. It makes me want to go to a cry-in. For rulers are no terror, but I don't, I'm not a pretty crier, so I don't go. For rulers are no terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you like to be unafraid of the person in authority? Then simply do what is good, and you will win his approval, for he is God's servant there for your benefit. But if you do what is wrong, be afraid, because it is not for nothing that he holds the power of the sword, for he is God's servant. There is an avenger to punish wrongdoers. Another reason to obey, besides the fear of punishment, is for the sake of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's public officials, constantly attending to these duties. Pay everyone, listen now, what he is owed. If you owe the tax collector, pay your taxes. If you owe the revenue collector, pay revenue. If you owe someone respect, pay him respect. If you owe someone honor, pay him honor. Don't owe anyone anything except to love one another. For whoever loves his fellow human being has fulfilled what? Torah. But hey, just for fun, let's not stop there. Let's go on and read Romans 13, 11, 
I don't know, through 12 maybe. Besides all this, you know at what point of history we stand. So it is high time for you to rouse yourselves from sleep, for the final deliverance is nearer than when we first came to trust. The night is almost over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and arm ourselves with the weapons of light. Can we all agree with Kepha or Peter, as you know him, when he said of the government's role in context to the followers of the way in 1 Kepha or 1 Peter 2, 11 through 15? Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and temporary residents. Now, they were legal aliens. They had all their papers. Not to give in to the desires of your old nature, which kept warring against you, but to live such good lives among the pagans that even though they now speak against you as evildoers, they will, as a result of seeing your good actions, give glory to God on the day of his coming. For the sake of the Lord, submit yourselves to every human authority, whether to the emperor as being supreme or to governors as being sent by him to punish wrongdoers and praise those who do what is good for it is God's will that your doing good should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people now first I want to hit you with this not hit you metaphorically hit you is I never want to hit you unless you're a bad person in which case yeah I'll gladly hit you here's the thing in order for any of these verses to have any applicability it assumes two things the first is is that the authority or ruler believes in God, that is a follower of Scripture. That's key. But the second part, the second part really gets me. In order to believe and follow this passage, we must agree that there is indeed evil in this world and that we are not to be evil. We are not to be evil. You see, we've got to agree on two things. In order for the Scripture to be applicable, the leaders in place have to believe in the God that put them there. Otherwise, they're interlopers. They're, they're, they're people who have jumped into a seat they didn't belong in. The, the, the game, what that, what's that game called where the music is playing and there's a bunch of chairs and people walk? Musical chairs, right? I had half the, half the thing. I said half, I would get buzzed on that if I was trying to answer it. Right? We're playing musical chairs, and all of a sudden, somebody jumps into the game from a door over here. They weren't even in the game. They jump in. They, they have somebody over there at the music thing, and they give them the cue, shut the music off as they sit down. That person's not, they're not the winner of the game if they're the last one. They're not the winner of the game. They're in there. They're not even supposed to be in there. They're cheaters. Look, you've got to agree with something very powerful and very important here, and it's a hard thing to accept for most people, and that is that evil exists in this world my goodness you can't half look around and not see the evil that exists in this world i'll give you real examples but to take this realization of the real world the real real world including the supernatural world which we live in by the way we live in a supernatural world do we not how many agree that we are subject to things of the supernatural we live in this world. To take it to this next level of truth, we have to accept that we can potentially have evil in us. Jeremiah 17:9 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So we know that we are capable. If we're being honest in this deep searching self-assessment, we have to accept that not only we followers of the way can have evil in us, 
but also the left, the opposers of all things Adonai, are also capable of evil. Look at the mainstream media and their portrayal of Christians as stupid, hickish, redneck, uneducated, gun-clinging, Bible-toting, crutch-needing fools. Are we in agreement that that is the way the media trades Christians? I'm going to say that list one more time. Stupid, hickish, redneck, uneducated, gun-clinging, Bible-toting, crutch-needing fools. They describe us as evil, yet they deny the very existence of the evil that Scripture, with a capital S, warns us of. Here's a problem, folks. We walk around in this world and we think we think that evil isn't all around us, but it is. Having been a police officer and having been in the military, I can tell you that I've looked evil in the face. I've been face-to-face, nose-to-nose with evil, and I can tell you it most assuredly exists, and it never has horns and a pitchfork and a red face. Let's talk about the unmitigated evil of the shredding of a living human baby housed by God's design within a woman's womb and the theft at an indescribably evil price paid for the organs of this innocent, helpless child, care of a human being. Then the remnants of that innocent child murdered by two people, the doctor and the mother, The now-dead innocent victim of nothing less than evil is, by its own diabolical and egregious nature, evil. The former candidate of the left, Hillary Clinton, whose fans, we can't disagree on this one, I'm sure, her fans are the ones that are now in the streets rioting and burning and threatening to rape Melania Trump and kill President-elect Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton is evil. We can't argue on that. She's evil. I could spend... The next two hours, long list of things. Just go to the listen button on drshawngreener.com or theninjapastor.com. All of it's free. You can listen. There's tons of stuff that I've revealed about her right there. But here's one step more, and you may not like this. The people who support Hillary Clinton are evil. One plus one equals evil. It's the new math. It's common core. We, like our founding fathers did, we must accept and acknowledge that evil exists in us and in government and in some people whose evil intent carried them to power in the first place. But more importantly, we in our Christianity, our Christian-y complacency, our churchy quietness, our meekness, our weakness, we allowed this into our homes into our communities, into our states, and into our nation, evil. We allowed evil to win over goodness. The Bill of Rights are our rights. The Bill of Rights are our rights to restrain the government, not for the government to restrain us. There is no better vessel for evil than a corrupt politician bent on creating and ruling with a corrupt and evil government. Congress shall make no law. You've heard this before just a few minutes ago. should be very familiar. Maybe even you have it memorized. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. My friends, this is the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America. That's where we live. The difference between the candidates, one of the big differences was Hillary Clinton was running for herself and president of the world. Donald Trump ran for one reason, one reason alone, for America. He wanted to be the president 
of America for America. You see, that's where we live, the United States of America. That's where we are right now, America. In America, based on this amendment to the Constitution, we are permitted to assemble to provide for redress of our grievances. It, the First Amendment of the Constitution, the rule of law states very clearly that we are not to riot, loot, burn, and steal, that we are to peaceably assemble. The First Amendment is not licensed to threaten to rape Melania Trump or to kill President-elect Donald Trump. Why do they feel so fearless to do these things? Why does the left, who is supposed to be the touchy-feely, lovey-dovey, all-inclusive, hey, we love everybody except for you, uh, we're nice to everybody except for you, people, why in the world do they get away with it? Why did James Comey, some folks at home are going to hate me for saying this, maybe you're driving down the road, you're going to hear me say this, and you're not going to like it. James Comey was less afraid of a bullet going through his cranium at a high rate of speed, ventilating his cranium. He was less afraid of Christians, conservatives, patriots, being the three and a half to four pound trigger pull behind that bullet than he was of Hillary Clinton and the Clinton crime syndicate putting a bullet in his head. Do you understand? Do you understand? Let me explain it to you. You see, Christians are no longer feared. You see, we're told that we're bad people. We're aligned with the KKK. Some crazy dude who has been just so totally marginalized, David Duke, former KKK guy, former representative in government, comes out and he says, yeah, well, I'd, I'd vote for Donald Trump, sure. I'd vote for him. Donald Trump's never met the guy, doesn't know the guy, he's never talked to the guy. But this guy comes out, oh, he's supported by the KKK. He has the KKK endorsement. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, has hundreds of millions of dollars from people who throw gay people off of roofs, who bury women up to their necks and throw stones at them until they are dead, who bury people alive, who chop people's heads off, who put people in vats of acid, who drown live people. But you see, James Comey, the director of the FBI, he was more worried about coming out appearing or dying mysteriously. He was more worried about the Clinton crime family, the leftists who are supposed to be so soft and so nice and so sweet. He was more worried about that than he was about patriots who were going to stand up and do something and say, hey, you know what? We've had enough. Justice will prevail. You say that doesn't sound very pastory, that doesn't sound very reverendy, but I'm here to tell you the Black Robe Regiment, the Knicks in the church at Lexington, on the wall, lining the wall, starting at next to the pastor, all the way down to the back on both sides, those Knicks were from the rifle barrels. The First Amendment is not a license to assault and kill Americans because they support Donald Trump. This is exactly what the left is doing. This is exactly what Hillary Clinton is doing. And I'm sorry to tell you, I'm sorry to reveal to you that there are many churches who were involved in this, who their young people are involved in this. There are many churches serving as, oddly enough, sanctuaries for them to run into when they're being chased by the police. 
insulting Christians, Jews, conservatives, and publicly threatening to rape Melania Trump and kill President-elect. Have you ever heard such a thing? They are not, this is not hyperbole for them. Let's flip this. Let's flip this just for fun. Let's flip this and call it threats against Barack Hussein Obama. And not that anyone would compare Michelle Obama to Melania Trump or accidentally mistake them in any way for being similar. But if someone advocated raping Michelle Obama, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth, would be permitting, oof, that's a hard one to get out. Would we be permitted to sit idly by? We, we, this group of conservatives, we would never do this, right? This is something we would never do. Never in a million years. It's not who we are. It's not what we do. But we're constantly being told by the left, well, that's not who we are. We, we got to fling wide the doors to this country because, you know, we don't close the doors. And, you know, these gang members in Medina, Ohio, they just found two MS-13 El Salvadorian gang members responsible for heinous, awful murder. Medina, sleepy Ohio. Let's fling wide the doors. You see, that's who we are as Americans. And, oh, by the way, let's bring hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of Syrian Air quotes, radio audience can't see me doing it, refugees, immigration jihad. Why? Because they make money doing it. If you go to drshawngreener.com, listen to the episode where I talk about what the refugee resettlement is nothing but a money-making scheme at your cost. I can't get health insurance, but as soon as somebody comes across that border illegally, they have health insurance. As soon as they come across and they're welcomed in, oh, because that's who we are. We give them health insurance. We give them money. Your money. We give them Social Security. Your Social Security. Never paid a dime into it, and they never intend to, and they never will. Let's flip this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine signs on a street that say, let's rape Michelle Obama? First of all, blind people would be protesting, and we don't want to beat them up because that's not right. Someone put a sign in their hand they didn't know. But the fact of the matter is we would never in a million years do it, but we'd never in a million years get away with it. Yet the media is silent. The left hate your faith, Christ followers. They hate you. That's why they say this. They say something so horrible as, as to threaten to rape the next first lady of the United States of America. Can you imagine? Folks, I don't want you to miss this. This is the left that says you're the racist, you're the bigot, you Christian gun-toting, Bible-cleaning, you got to have the crutch because you're so weak. You believe in this fanciful God, this pretend thing. They're the ones that want to take away your right to meet in this home tonight. They're the ones that want to shut down the Internet for talk radio. Why? Because 98% of talk radio is conservative talk radio. And a big chunk of that are believing faith-based people. That's why they want to shut it down. That's why they want to do it so bad. There was a, there was a, a radio network called Talk America. What was it called? Uh, Air America. You remember that? So goofy. So goofy. They failed. Somebody bailed them out. They failed again. Somebody bailed them out again. They failed again. They said, mm, well, we can't throw good money after bad four times. So they sold to Al Jazeera. Isn't that something? Current TV failed miserably. Sold it to Al Jazeera, which failed miserably. That's why they want to shut down the Internet. But listen, you need to understand, the left hates everything that you stand for. And now that they've gotten their butts kicked, 
Now that they, they've been soundly beaten. And, Mo, by the way, for you folks that hear people out there protesting in Philadelphia, Detroit, and New York City, and all across the country, cities all across the country, Democrat-controlled cities, I might add, you see those people protesting if they answer you, which most of them are paid. There's Craigslist ads. You can make up to $1,500 a week being a paid protester. We'll even bust you there. We'll feed you, give you everything at $1,500 free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. There's there's Doyle in the back raising his hand. I'm a good protester. I'm good. But if he may ever made a sign, if he ever made a sign, if he ever made a sign, you'd never be able to read it. He'd be like, well, well I don't know what he's protesting. And I know it is hurtful, but your handwriting is bad. But you see, you've got to understand, they are they were the ones that would say something to you. They say, no, we're doing this because he won the popular vote. He won the popular vote. This electoral college, it's a ripoff. It's rigged. The system is rigged. Wait a second. Aren't we the ones that were supposed to be saying that? But they're saying, hey, the popular vote, he won the popular vote. Guess what came out today? Donald Trump's ahead in the popular vote. You see, they want compromise from you. They say they want unity. They want us to come to what they say is the middle. They want us to leave our historic precipice of victory to walk down into the mud and the feces of their evil agenda for us, for America. They want us, Christ followers, to come to some sort of agreement, to make some sort of arrangement, to make some sort of arrangement to, to, to give up what we fought for for so long. The left doesn't want equality, folks, just like Islam. The left doesn't want equality. They want domination. You need to understand that America was not founded upon secular humanism or atheistic humanism, but on nature and nature's God. The laws our founders gave us are God's laws through Scripture. The godless left and weak Christians seek to secularize our existence in this country. They seek to de-God our nation because to de-God America is to take the very engine out of our liberty and our freedom. Our founders knew this would happen. They knew it would happen. Boy, they were so wise, our founders. When you desire a corrupt and polluted government to decide upon the ideology of the citizens who follow Christ, you will only get evil. You'll only receive enslavement. When you turn it over to a corrupt government populated by corrupt and evil people, people that hate God, who were atheists against God, when you turn your future over to them, you will have no future. We see this as an opportunity and a mandate for self-governance based upon Scripture and the founding of our country. You see, that's what I see. Did you, those of you who, uh, who watch documentaries and stuff, you've seen all the documentaries of American generals meeting with the Japanese uh, going going over and meeting them halfway and saying, hey, we're going to meet you halfway. We want you to feel comfortable. We want you to feel good about yourself. So we're going to meet you halfway. We're going to put all our guns down. We don't want you to feel threatened. We're just going to put our guns down. We're just going to meet you halfway. We'll just go over there and we'll meet you halfway. Maybe we can have some sushi. I don't know. Whatever's big in Japan. We'll have that. We'll meet you halfway. Then we're going to make some agreements, you know, that we want, we don't want you to feel bad about us winning, and certainly we don't want to gloat or push. Yes, you killed hundreds of thousands, millions of people, but that's fine. Same way with the Germans, you know. We don't want you to feel bad, so 
we're going we're gonna to come to you. And I'll tell you what let's do. We're just going to give you back a lot of stuff. We're just going to give it back to you. Give it back to you. Because you know it's unfair. We beat you really bad, and we feel bad about it. So we're, that's what we're going to do. Anybody ever watch a documentary like that? No, nobody in their right mind ever did unless you were high. Self-governance, folks. Self-governance. Look, you got to know who you are. Self-governance is of God. You've got to know who you are. Friends, you've got to know who you are. We've got to stop being these people that are told by the press and the left, well, you're a meanie. You want and you're a meanie. Really? Valerie Jarrett, soon after the election. Oh, I'm sorry, if you don't know who I'm talking about. The actual president of the United States, Iranian-born, Valerie Jarrett, whose, whose connections to the Muslim Brotherhood are extraordinary. Valerie Jarrett says when she's interviewed, and, and they're, just, they're just bulldozing everything conservative in, in the Obama administration, she says, well, elections have consequences. <laughs> yes, they absolutely do. And Christians for far too long have been ones that back up. We back up. We give in. We apologize when we shouldn't apologize. Look, I, look. have you ever been in a – has anybody in here ever been in a real knockdown fight, a fist fight? Let me tell you something. You don't win starting that way. And when you're fighting evil, that's what you're in for. And see, we, we, you know, we, we far too often, we far too often look at the left and we describe them as we just believe a little differently. And everybody's entitled to believe what they want, yes. But you know what? If you believe in the end of this nation, if you believe in the end of free practice of my faith, well, then you're going to have a fight on your hands because I'm not going willingly. Self-governance. Self-governance is exercising your individual liberty, personal responsibility, and civic authority to control instituted government. What? What? We're to control government? As citizens, we often lack the political knowledge, skills, and ability to articulate our desire to make the policy changes necessary to keep our government in its proper role. Modern civics training teaches conventional political theories. The Center for Self-Governance, centerforselfgovernance.com, I swear they don't pay me, teaches unconventional, tried, and tested techniques in applied civics. Applied civics, real-world civics, proven to keep the republic. This ends up putting us, the citizen, in the driver's seat of self-governance. You choose the issues, candidates, and agendas to address, just as our government of, by, and for the people was designed. The founders held that self-governance comes from habit and long training. As such, we must train the governed to take daily actions that preserve and share management of their governance systems within their political subdivisions. The governed are using their liberty daily to preserve and share management of their governance systems in every political subdivision within the republic. Look, I wrote about this in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. The left co-opted our schools. They co-opted our universities. And instead, they put in atheists and godless leftists. Benjamin Franklin, who the revisionist historians <laughs> they mention all the time, they say, oh, he wasn't a Christian. He didn't believe in God, Benjamin Franklin. Really? 
a Bible and a newspaper in every house, and good school in every district, all studied and appreciated as they merit, are the principal support of virtue, morality, and civil liberty. Well, if he's an atheist, he's not a very good one. Yet we, in our complacency and our silence, allowed the following to happen in our schools where children of America are taught. 1963, Abington School District v. Shemp. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that school-sponsored Bible reading was unconstitutional, despite history clearly demonstrating that the Bible was the primary textbook at our founding. 1980, Stone v. Graham, the Ten Commandments displayed in the classroom was ruled unconstitutional. Uh, 1985, Wallace v. Jaffrey, the court ruled a ban on the moment of silence, which encouraged students to pray. 1992, Lee v. Wiseman, the court ruled prayer led by members of the clergy at public graduation ceremonies unlawful. The year 2000, Santa Fe Independent School District v. Doe, student-led prayer was banned from high school football games. Isn't that something? The person responsible for that didn't even give their name. They were just doe. Schools where our children K through 12 spend the majority of their time are the influencers of the children, our children, America's children, often to a greater degree than parents in the home. Schools, businesses, organizations, sports teams, and in all areas of our lives, even churches, have been put under the scrutiny and approval from the left and acceptance of a corrupt government to do what Adonai and our founding documents in writing not only permitted them to do, but encouraged. Now, those who have been soundly defeated by the right, conservatives and people who didn't really realize that they were conservative, they are the defeated now. These people on the left are the defeated, and they're rioting and looting and assaulting, and, and some are boo-hooing their way into our hearts. We, we feel bad for them because they're so sad. They have the temerity to demand that we sit down with them in unity and compromise. In what areas do you believe I should compromise with them? What areas do you think when we come together in this big kumbaya moment, should I compromise with them? I should say, in what other ways could we possibly compromise? Because we've compromised enough, in my opinion. How about the religious, political, and military ideology of Islam? Maybe we should compromise there. How about abortion? Well, we kind of did there too. How about religious freedom? Really? Because it's commonplace now for a leftist mayor in a, in a city to say, hey, I want to see the transcripts of pastors, or they'll come under attack. Our neighbors to the north, Canada, guess what? It's what I preach tonight, you're going to jail for five years. That's real. That's real. I say bring it on. Religious practice, taxation, how we practice our faith and how we pay the bills of the country. Should we, should we should we, compromise on that? Really? Lois Lerner is now collecting a huge retirement. And yet we know, it's proven, it's proven that they use their power of the most feared institution in the United States government, the IRS, hashtag IRMS, conservative groups. Well, that doesn't sound to me like we should compromise anymore because we've taken a beating. Religious practice. What about the nice lady in Washington State? Great grandma. They're going to lose everything. Because the government said, hey, you don't want to do the floral, uh, do the floral arrangements for a gay wedding? 
That's discrimination. And we're going to fine you. How much assets do you have? How many assets do you have? Amazingly, that's exactly what the fine is. Huh. Healthcare. Should we compromise on healthcare? Should we back down, somehow come to some sort of agreement, some sort of compromise, really? Because whatever this bill was, we had to pass it in order to know what was in it. And turns out what was in it wasn't at all what we were told. You see, that's a lie. That's treason, lying to the American people about one-sixth of the economy and life and death. I'm here to tell you that's, that's an area where we should never compromise. How about education? Should we compromise there? We have Common Core, which is so egregiously godless, so crazy in the way that it renders, air quotes, education, what I meant to say is propagandization of our children, the indoctrination of our children. Hey, do your parents have guns? Little Johnny, little Jilly, do your parents have guns? Just, do you, have you ever seen them? What kind are they? Doctors, you talk about health care. When they're interviewing, you're in there and, and there's, you know, uh, you have a little little kid there. Do your parents have guns? Where are they? What kind are they? Do you know? Have you ever seen them? And then educators telling the parents, telling the kids to go home and tell the parents how it is. Oh, wait, that was the president. The president said, rat out your parents. You know who else did that? Hitler did that. How about gun rights? Should we compromise on gun rights? Wait a second. I have in my pocket a bunch of licenses from different states. You know what I had to do? I had to jump through hoops and pay a lot of money to get those licenses that the Second Amendment tells me I don't need that. I have the Second Amendment. You know what Donald Trump is for? National concealed carry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, happy day. He gets that passed, and I'm telling you right now, you will see Sean Greener doing the happy dance. You do not have to watch. Prior to my crash, now I prior to my crash, now I was a pretty good dancer, but not anymore. How about land use? Lavoy Finicum is dead, not because he he was a militant. No one no one that entered that compound was threatened from the federal government. Nobody was. They would sit and have meals together. They would cook incredible meals there. They fixed up the place. Mallard Wildlife Refuge, National Wildlife Refuge. They fixed the place up. The government was in control of it, and it was falling apart. That used to be ranchers' land, and it was taken from them. Water was stopped at the edge when they have their cows to feed and their fields to irrigate. And they stopped the water, and they said, mm, how much longer are you going to stay in business? I don't think you can stay very long when your cows are dying. Better sell your land to us. Lavoy Finicum stood up. Lavoy Finicum stood up, and he was murdered by the government. And none of us showed up to fight back against the government. What more? I say what more because we've already compromised nearly every area of American life. Just like the Iran, not such a deal. That's what I call it, not such a deal. The Iran, not such a deal, is a joke. It's dangerous to society, dangerous to the world. It isn't compromise if you get nothing and you give away everything. We cannot give away our freedom and liberty because our freedom and liberty is indeed a gift from God. My friends, we should watch these riots closely.
we should indeed watch these riots closely. You know why? Because we need to know when to drain the swamp.